Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. I have an amazing guest on today who is a very successful in her career and is recently realizing how much ancient trauma she has within her, especially sexual. And I've been working with her. This is our fourth session together. And in this session, I we just had an amazing conversation where I show her another side, a different viewpoint of the way she's always been looking at herself, which is, which is from a more critical point of view. And I show her how her self sabotagers or her ways that she can hurt her own self, um, destroy her life. And I teach her exactly how to find those and lift herself up and elevate herself so that she can help to elevate all the other women on the planet that also need to heal from this same issue of sexual trauma. Uh, Yogi Bhajan taught that right at this period of time, all of us would have a choice. And the choice is choose your highest destiny. And if you don't, you will either go crazy, die or get sick. And that's exactly what's happening in this crisis. And our highest destiny is really being at our highest vibration. And we have to take that incredibly seriously because there's a big choice on the planet right now of whether you're going to go into the drama and trauma of your world or your past or um, the future, or you're going to choose to vibrate at a different level. And so in my books, Mystical Motherhood and Fertile, I'm always teaching, how do you get to that higher frequency? How do you change your family patterns? How do you lose the original template and heal the original wounds that keep your heart closed so that you can be the best version of yourself and completely change your family? So all of my guests are doing that. Everyone who's working with the Mystical Motherhood platform, reading these books, asking for help is doing that. Reach out at www.mysticalmotherhood.com with anything. And all my books can be found on Amazon, written under Pritam Atma. Thank you. I started out the podcast at the point in the conversation where we're speaking about the meditations that my guest is doing for her own practice to heal from the amount of sexual trauma that she's gone through in her life. I gave her Jupiter chakra meditation and a meditation called um, Meditation for Addiction. These are both uh, taught by Yogi Bhajan from the Kundalini Heritage. The Meditation for Addiction is super short, very easy to do, a really good one to get your thoughts in order at this time. And the Jupiter Chakra Meditation is great if you had any sort of trauma, you want to go farther in your career, you're looking to just change your family patterns. It's very, very powerful. Both of these are found in my Mystical Motherhood book, my first book. They're also found on the Mystical Motherhood website, www.mysticalmotherhood.com. I hope you enjoy. We jump right in and then go deeply into her life. I do notice something at the time. Um, I mean, I am addictive personality type for sure. Um, in, um, I don't know what I'd be looking for. You'll just see with the addiction one and it's cause it's the one like everyone has a really, really hard time doing. And for me, I, I don't know why, but it's the easiest meditation to do. You, it's so easy. Like you can do it anywhere and yeah. I couldn't do it for six years. And then I got so sick of myself obsessing mm-hmm. about an ex and I, and just like the, I just said, okay, give, I need to do something. Right. And so I just knew that I had to do that. I did 11 minutes. Now I just do it like three. So now it's not because I like broke it. You can build up past three as well. This one. Yeah, I'm just doing three. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was doing it for 11, the addiction meditation I was doing for 11. Okay. I don't think you need to do it for 11. I think okay. I needed, that's what I needed to do. Um, then, and I just, I was wasting so much obsessive thoughts over what these men were not doing. Right. right. Um, Cause it's like whatever you're addicted to, whatever your thought stream you're addicted to, which you think it's just alcohol or you think it's just whatever, pick your poison. It's not. It's like you forget how much addiction we have to our own trauma and drama mm. and how much that trauma and drama is like right now, everything on earth. And, and I mean, Guru Jagat was just talking about this this morning on a phone call and she was saying, we're so, uh, were you on that phone call? No, I did see it come through. No, I, I wasn't. So she was just saying how like, every spiritual community in all of these different, even spiritual communities, even if you look at Kundalini yoga, it's getting addicted to the trauma and drama and everyone's original trauma and drama is going to get triggered. And somehow either something negative is going to come bring it in or some, and it's like, you are going to get so tested of, will you self-sabotage? <laughs> you know, will you, will you <clears throat> choose that trauma and drama, which you've been trying to heal for like what a decade Oh, more. <laughs> yeah, right. 14 years or something crazy, right? Something even longer. That's what I hear. I'm hearing, like, really long. And whoever's, you know, doing on this path for, for so long, it's like, this is the test of, like, are you really ready to go into destiny? Mm. And another thing, so she, so Guru Jagat said something, and Tej said something. It was super significant. So Guru Jagat said, all of these spiritual communities, uh, these darker forces on the planet are going to want the separation of these levels of spiritual community and the separation of within the spiritual community. Mm-hmm. And so wh- what do you do? You attack the spiritual community to try to get it to be separated on all these different levels. Like, right. And so all the people that have been tested, all of their drama and trauma are going to come up in some sort of, it did for me this last week, like crazy. I mean, they, I brought in somebody in my life that triggered every part of my drama and trauma. I was like, I thought I had already healed that, but I allowed myself only three days of mourning. And then I'm like out back to work. Right. So Tej said something super interesting. She said at this time on the planet. So Tej is a, um, an, like a teacher that's was with Yogi Bhajan for, have you, do you know who she is? She's in Los Angeles very powerful teacher and she's from nine treasures yoga and she did all the records for yogi bhajan so she holds a frequency unlike any teacher i've ever sat with and almost every single time i've ever even sat with in the room with her my life has changed she's that powerful um tej and she's teaching every day 9 a.m pacific five dollars at nine treasures yoga.com all spelled out N-I-N-E and treasures yoga and her energy goes through the computer and it knocks you out. She does that in the class. Like I have asked her every time I've ever asked her for a meditation or asked her to change my life. She's changed the trajectory of my entire life, probably saved my life on several occasions, like that kind of power. Right. But (laughs) she kind of has the ability to like, you know, when you're getting a healing, maybe from me, I might say something that re- that is so significant for you. You don't even know where it came from. It's not necessarily coming from me, but yeah. she has the ability to do that for many, many people sitting in the room with her. So yeah. you can watch her classes if you want to add in something to, to, I mean, Rama Yoga, Rama TV is great, but Tasia is so powerful and so heart-based. She's a very heart-based teacher. And as we're going into this heart, you know, heart-based 
way of living, mm-hmm. all of her original wounds are going to be super triggered, right? So she was saying yesterday during a class, 9 a.m. Pacific, so you can just download it onto Zoom, mm-hmm. that um, at this time, all, everyone's going to be tested, that you're either going to choose the path of your destiny, that higher path, the one you've been wanting to do, whatever... And the ego has to let go of what they, what you think it should be or what it may look like and sometimes see what it is in front of you, which may be helping your family or, you know, it's always the highest destiny. And if the people that do not choose that path of high destiny, there's three things that's going to happen to them. They're going to die. They're going to get sick and they're going to go crazy. Mm. So it's either you choose spirit or you have, or you don't. Mm-hmm. Or you choose the path of, you know, like that higher path, but you can see it. You can see it. I can see it in myself how it's so hard, even if you've had like training like a warrior for this period, to go into moments where you're like, I'd rather be sick right now. Or not, you're not really feeling that, but you feel like you're about to get sick, or you feel like on the edge of going crazy, or you feel like you're on the edge of that insanity. Or do you know what I'm saying? And then you can bring yourself back, right? You're saying, like, right, you were on the edge of it last week, yeah. and now you're back. Right. So how do you choose in every single moment not to do those three things? I'm going to repeat it so you remember because it's so significant. Mm-hmm. We have a choice right now on the planet. And, it, and I believe it's really, it's not even going to be a long period of choice. I think the choice is so tiny. Mm. It's like a six month period. I really think mm. it's like pick or don't. Because I think everyone always thinks that there's so much time to make a decision. Yeah. And there's, oh, I've got more time to do that. I can, I'll finish college later or I'll be a better mom tomorrow. Or, you know, I'll I'll call my, I'll call my grandma later. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we've don't forget that time and energy and all those different things are shifting right now. And relationships that may have lasted, you know, eight months will last three days and you'll get the same effect out of it. Mm -hmm. And things that are ending, allow them to end to be taken away. So Another thing she said in class that was super significant for me to hear, it might be significant for you to hear, and I'm going to repeat the thing again in a second, but she said, relationships and careers that are taken away from you are a blessing. And she's always said, human rejection is God's protection. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's like, we forget that because our ego wants to control what a relationship looks like and who comes into our lives and how it looks. But we forget if we have, if our height, like my highest prayer is always take me to my highest destiny. Yeah. It's my number one prayer. Help me to awaken humanity. And it sounds so, um, such a crazy prayer. Like, Mm -hmm. but it's like, that is really my only prayer every single day. And then sometimes I've asked for that prayer and then my life's gotten shaken up so much. I actually stopped praying it because I was like, you can't, you can't do anything. I can't handle anymore. Like I really can't handle anymore. I don't know if you've had this happen, right? I think this happens to me all the time. So tell me about what you're feeling. Cause I might be saying this. No, I, I do that. I ask for big things and then it gives me big things to see if I can handle and do the big things. And then mm-hmm. I have to go, okay, that's enough for now. I'm obviously not ready. Cause I, uh, my thing is, um, uh, it, it, about who I become in this journey. And that's why some things I put up with for a little bit longer than most people around me deem necessary. But I, um, I feel like I know when I've learned enough from this person, um, I don't like to get rid of things too soon and just cut them off if I'm still learning and um, coming out each time better person and stronger or look like it always pushes me to find out something 
wrong because I like to ask the question going, okay, what am I doing here? What could I do better here before I go, oh, it, this person's behaving like this and not blaming them but going, okay, um, what is it about them that I need to see And until I get to that point? Like even with employees or whatever, I will sometimes go a little too far and it's semi-detrimental to me but I, I have to have learned it because I don't want to repeat it and go through it. That's in my head. So sometimes when I ask for more um, or not more I, that I, to help more, that kind of that kind of happens. Um, I definitely got a lot of those lessons through the brain injury because I had very little awareness and I wasn't conscious and intent. Uh, the intention was not there. So there was a lot. There was a lot of sort of shark snake kind of people that sort of came in and, and again tests and they've all pushed me and um, and it's that thing. Do you really want it, Lani? I'm going to present people in your life and um, I have to keep pivoting every time I pivot I kind of um and go through trauma with it and come out the other side like the other night I um got introduced to a great lawyer that I the things he's telling me now I should have been told four years ago and it would have just changed everything um but I had a little chuckle at the end because I was finally there and and it was it was just it's in the nick of time for me to meet this guy and before any other investors in that come in to learn and know this stuff that um, other people around me knew but never said anything because they thought it might, you know, be an end in their favour. So, and each time that happens, there's this little like, almost like a goosebumps, like a, a confirmation that at the end of the day, I'm, I, no matter what I've been suffering, I, um, that same truth I have every day about wanting to do the right thing, no matter what, sticking to my values, no matter how much I, feel like I suffer sometimes because it doesn't happen straight away. Some of these things are years later based on what in my heart I will refuse to do years ago um, for my business and stuff. What I'm hearing for these things you're saying, first off, that's awesome you found that lawyer for your business. That's what a blessing. Oh, huge blessing. These guys are going to be amazing. Oh, they are amazing. So, yeah. That's wonderful. I'm really happy for you. It's really awesome. But you know what I was just thinking as you were telling me about the brain injury and I remembering through our other sessions and it's just, I feel like, cause right now what you're talking about is you're saying I put a prayer out into the, into the world and then I get meet with um, controversy as my prayer gets answered. And I have to test myself to see if my worthiness is high enough to actually make that prayer occur. And so these people will come in and test me to see if I can raise my worthiness and to the level of the highest prayer of my highest destiny, which can always be changing, right? And I almost think I'm going to say something that may you may or may or not have ever considered, but I almost wonder if you were praying and praying for all of the abuse and sexual abuse that you experienced as a child and then recreated as an adult, um, if you asked for that brain injury to erase the memories of all these things, hoping that it would... Um, does that make sense? Like, I'm wondering if you had some sort of a prayer. Like, I was just writing this morning my third book. I was talking about how we have templates, like a father template, a mother template, a business template, or what we understand as the world. And in order to recreate and redesign something better, we have to recreate a template. 
And so you, I wonder if your template of the sexual abuse was so strong in you, it's almost like you said, wipe it out of me, wipe it out of me. And so something, it's like your higher self or something came along that you had such a prayer for that, that you caused a ment. Does this make sense? You put a period, yeah. a glitch. Um, yeah. The, uh, the things that have been coming up massively um, over the, since pretty much since I started to, but have come to a head now, uh, the amount of times that I have uh, tried to uh, commit suicide and um, come very close. And it was actually um, right before that, and I didn't remember this till like a year or so later, that it was what was leading up to that um, accident, I had had enough. I, I, could, I couldn't, didn't know if I could actually take a lot more. Um, I, and I say this all the time and I keep going, but, um, and... I believe I was having thoughts of not wanting to be here and stuff like that be taken out. And I had a bit of a, um, a crossing over kind of feeling experience throughout the injury. Um, and I can't recall or place myself, um, where and when, but it was probably the most, um, most peaceful thing I've ever seen or experienced. It was probably a split second, but it felt like it lasted for an hour and it was just, um, serene and like just, um, plain colours, but it was like a voice or a message of almost a realisation that um, feeling that kind of um, peace of nothingness, but then like a looking down on the earth and I wasn't of it anymore, like um, that's it, done. And it was this, no, 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 I'm not done yet, Um, send me back, send me back, that kind of thing whether this is at a dream or what this is just my personal experience and visualization of what um recollection I have and I uh, and I feel it and it was something that was so profound I didn't even really talk about it for a long time because I didn't want to sound crazy Uh, um but that was that um was a big shift in helping me start to try and realize uh to that I do have, I can do more and then I need to be here. It didn't fully take away that kind of feeling because I, um, that feeling of like complete escapism and wanting to kill myself started really, really young. And um, I don't do act on anything at all now, but it's um, the feelings of that still come come with it, that feeling of just, just end it, like what's the point, all that kind of stuff, which is stuff I'm trying to, to lift. It's in saying that I said to a friend the other day, it's also the same thing that makes me sometimes as ballsy and brave as I am, because when someone tries to do something to me, whether business, whatever, in my thing where I don't take it because I'm like, you think you're going to treat me worse than I've treated myself? Let's go. And I, I've been using that as like, you can't treat me worse than I've treated myself. So I'm not going to also attracting. So two things with that. That's also attracting people. Like if you have a belief system, nobody can treat me worse than I'm treating myself. You're going to attract people that are going to test you and try to, do you know what I'm saying? Like, so it took me a while to attract more men that are, are, are more conscious or, or listen, or, you know, the, I had to fight myself with, I talk about it all the time on on podcasts. It's like, I had to fight myself of like, what in me attracts an unavailable male? What in me? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, what about it? So I had to go through all my life. I mean, just deconstructing every single sabotager, every single pattern. And, it, and they, so what they were saying to me before I got on the call with you is they want you to go through 
your particular template of a sabotager. Mm-hmm. What's your go like when things go- get good? When things get good, okay, so now you've got this lawyer. I mean, if, when things get bad, let's just pick what it's bad, right? Whatever, like good or bad. And people can sabotage when it gets really good because they can't, their nervous systems can't handle the good. And then when it gets bad, they're like, let's really sabotage it and make ourselves the victim. Yeah. You know, where, where is this normal part? And it's also staying neutral and not getting, I tend to go too high or too low because I, had a, I grew up with a manic dad. So depression and um, or creating chaos in my life through high spiritual experiences, through constantly traveling, through um, the highs and lows of travel, you know, the highs and lows. Like I love to write a high and a low. I love to write a high and a low in relationship. I love to, I, there's never just, I've recognized within myself how I never had ordinary my life has never been ordinary on the level of spiritual experience. And then that's all material. That's all ego. Mm. Just mirroring back to you. And then you're going to find your own sabotager through me expressing mine. Because <laughs> that's how we all learn, right? So a high and a low like that, there's art in the ordinary. There's mm. art in getting up and making breakfast, going to school. And I always kind of look down upon it. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to live in a suburban life. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be normal. So I was like, I'll travel the world. I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the Himalayas and have, you know, these high spiritual experiences happen like you, these really high things and these really, really, so my lows are low Mm. and my highs are high. Mm. And in that, because my, because in, as, as a child, um, I, that felt normal to me. I had a completely chaotic, um, emotional experience as a child. So high and low was normal. And I, and if it's, when it gets nor when it becomes ordinary, my body system is not used to that. Yeah. And so, for example, I was even thinking about attracting men. This is for you to recognize when there's an experience that you have that, um, butterflies towards or emotionally attracted to, it may be the engagement of just a reminder, I'm sure you know this, but I run from those. <laughs> well, right, you you know this, but like a reminder, but it also could be with business and also could yeah. be we forget that it's not just relationships. Sometimes mm-hmm. if it's not ordinary, we, we if we live on these, you know, chaotic lives, and a, a lot of people do, mm. we get it's not just relationships. Is that it's now that if you've conquered the the part of relationships, it can get transferred to other parts of your life. And those same sabotagers, so that's what I'm trying to teach you, is those same sabotagers that you once, you said, oh yeah, I conquered it in, in my relationships, I am healed, it's going to just transfer. Mm. And that's what everything does. So let's say you stopped overeating, or you stopped overworking out, or you stopped like looking in the mirror like two hours a day as a woman, right? That can get transferred onto a spiritual practice. So that if you're a type A I'm just giving you different examples of how we transfer our sabotagers around. And then our, our ego or our mind mechanism thinks, no, we didn't. Right. And so I want you to, so even with like spiritual practice, like I found myself, like if I didn't get up to do my sadhana every morning at a certain time, it had like, like just, just grinded around it. And I was like, oh, I'm just transferring my eating disorder to my, um, to my spirituality. And I'm calling myself spiritual. You know, it's just bullshit. So where are you bullshitting yourself and where are you sabotaging and why do you go to the part 
when does it get, what little girl in you goes to the part of the suicide and how old are you when you want to commit suicide? How old are you? Well, Who's the little girl speaking? Um, I'm probably like 10. 10. Yeah. Okay. So get a, so every time a sabotager comes up, I want you to do this kind of practice. Okay. And you can pick however you want to do it, but it works for me. So as the little girl, as the wound comes up, or as the person comes into your life that challenges you and you get off center and you get off ordinary, you get off neutral and you start to go to that wound, always find out what age you're at. Mm-hmm. Do you know this way of practicing? Have you ever heard of something like this? Yeah. No, but it's good to hear though. Just a reminder, right? It feels like you've heard all these things. I'm just reminding you. Uh, some, yeah, a lot of, it's familiar, but um, yeah. It feels familiar, but it, it, for me, it's like, I never want to do it. And then when I do it, mm. I never want to do it. But then when I do it, it's great. So I'm going to give you an example of one I just did. And I, I met a man and he was older and I began to try to heal him. Mm-hmm. So he had some healing to do and he was wanting to be healed. And then he began to emotionally pull away from me. And I got incredibly triggered by this older man. And I was like so upset, so ups, you know, upset that he didn't want to receive my love and I didn't receive love back from him and you know, the whole game. And I mean, I got incredibly triggered and I said, what is going on? And then I said, oh my God, this is my father, the mentally ill father. He's not necessarily mentally, mentally yeah. ill. He's just triggering something, a memory in me. Everybody needs to be healed right now. This man is not mentally ill. He's an amazing man. And I got triggered because... I saw the part of the little girl in me that wants to heal daddy. Mm. Her daddy will return her love. So instead of, I mean, I did get mad at the man, but instead of fully getting mad at the man, I said to the little girl, you don't have to heal daddy anymore. I'm going to let go of the obligation of, of attracting or even feeling like you need to have that wound re reestablished so that you can see it again and fully let go of it. Yeah. So is there times recently where you have been triggered and wanted to maybe commit suicide, which is maybe your sabotager? Um, it's, it's definitely gets triggered by um, lack of um, achievement, productivity, and um, financial stuff. Um, it, it gets triggered around feeling a failure around that. And uh, my, my, I definitely know I still have more cutting for my dad of ties or whatever, but um, he was um, he was abused by someone who was very fat. So he's a fattest. So every that's where like the whole the pressure of that, and then those people got really rich. So then hated wealthy people and everything was bad about money. And then he got sick and lost everything. So it was kind of this self perpetuating thing for him. Um, and then you saying about that you don't have to heal or help, daddy. That's what I did my whole life, just giving, giving, giving. Trying. I, I literally studied what I studied to try and help him and he still wouldn't listen and went into health for that reason, went into that. And then I used it for myself, which was fine, but um, I, I can't remember your original question, um, something about my dad. Um, what was your sabotagers? So, like, right now when... Money, when- money, uh, finances, and I really did a note, I did notice that, I think for the last four or five weeks I've been working so hard, doing so much, almost 24 hours a day, and nothing really seems to have been working. And one thing worked the other day and I literally just dropped and cried because 
how many weeks of doing and trying and trying and trying and nothing had worked to feel like I had achieved something or reached something or something had broken through. Um, I definitely, I need to be productive. Um, and I think that's my addiction. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I need to feel like I've get, gotten a result. <laughs> Good or but I just need a result. <laughs> um, but this is what we were talking about in your other sessions when we were talking about how trauma unhealed makes you run around in circles. Like what we're talking about. That's why I gave you the Jupiter chakra meditation, the meditation for trauma, which is in my mystical motherhood book, but how we will run around the block 18 times to get the coffee. When we can just walk in, buy the coffee, drink the coffee, do our work. Right. And before my trauma was healed, like before I did that meditation for two years, after I did that meditation for two years, my life sped up at a force I could not even imagine. I did other things too, but I wrote two books. I, I, wrote, I did 60 podcasts. I, had a whole, I have a great job at an amazing clinic, started like actually doing concrete things mm-hmm. at a faster pace that maybe would have taken a lifetime within two years. Yeah. Now I'm on my third, now I'm on third book, you know what I, it, and it, it takes time, but I saw how much my drama and trauma was confusing me. And I was more spending more time getting upset than actually doing something. And you don't realize how much we're doing that. Right. And so I feel like the, sometimes what is can hard for people is the practice, the meditation practice when put into gear and has a purpose, like get this out of me, God. Mm. this pattern out of me I am on my knees um it flips time and space and it creates more time for people because then you actually have more time yeah rather than people thinking it takes time away it actually does the opposite it gives you more time and it makes you bend time Mm. for things that may seem impossible to you know others to get accomplished and completed are not does this make sense yeah. Because when you're attached to that level of trauma, which is not out of you yet, even though all the work you're doing, it's still there. Um, you're just what you just 20 of those hours you could have gotten done quicker. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know this, but when you, so what I want you to start to do is even we're going to work on it now is like when those sabotagers come and when these, so if we have a high mission and we have a high prayer, right? You're going to get tested of are you sure you want this prayer? Are you sure you want this prayer? So the, depending on how low your self-worth is, you're going to have people come in to test you to see if you can really get there, mm-hmm. to really, really confirm it. And those tests are going to be either the answer or your worst nightmare. But they are you will sabotage yourself by going into the tests of the trauma and drama. So this is, this is back to what we are talking about in the beginning. All of what we're doing right now is a test of all the work we've done over the last 10 years. And if you've done no work over the last 10 years, you've got a lot to do. And it's, will you choose the drama and trauma? Will you go to those back to this original thing? Are you choosing your highest destiny? Are you choosing the drama and trauma, which will lead to three places on the planet, death, sickness, or going crazy. And you can see it. And I'm in New York right now. And I cannot tell you when I walk around the amount of fear I feel in, I, around me within me there's a state uh, there's a couple of days a week or one or two where I have a very difficult day I'm transforming those days into generate a lot of energy and I'm 
which is good because I have the skills for it. So even, even if you're like on a super warrior path, this is heavy. Mm. It's not going to get any easier. And I feel like we're going to have a few more of these hit us over the next 30 years. And so I just remind yourself, like it could get a lot worse. Mm. And just remind yourself when that happens, like hit the, you're hitting the path of destiny. You're hitting the path, you know, you're hitting the path of destiny. You're going to choose that because the other three are not going to be a great choice. Mm. So that highest destiny, great. You have like several sub, you know, subconscious sabotagers come in that are going to represent daddy and mommy that are going to hurt you so much. They're going to want to get you off path into the drama and trauma and bring you into the lower three chakras for you specifically will be the sexual trauma. You are going to get tested Mm -hmm. big time and it's not over yet because it's not totally healed, but that if you know what your, if you know what your original wound was, so it's first the identification of the original wound, then how you'll get tested by the drama and trauma of that original wound. Does this make sense? Like, you know, your original wound, you can even have more than one. So I'm going to give you my example. My, my original wound that I'm working on right now, clearing in within my life now is dad's manic depression, attracting that through the male partner. Mm. I mean, it's so many layers of this. And how we can heal the male programming, right? The inner patriarchy and go into complete self-power and self-servanity. But so that's my highest prayer is probably just to completely clear that within myself so I can help other women do that. Because the mother wound were my first two books. So what's your, what's your highest prayer right now? Um, oh, um, I don't know how that... Um, um, what are you hoping to heal right now so that you can heal it and transfer that to other people? That's right. a good one. Um, yeah, the, the suffering. Um, the heal. Which level? Everything's suffering. Um, but just the, um, I guess, the attachment to the suffering. I have, um, so, I have so many people in my life that are also just... Um, I know it doesn't skip anyone. It's, it doesn't all skip it, but they're very um, robust. They don't go deep into like the stuff I go into and they see they, everything sort of seems very like here and, and fine. And they, you know, I like that. And they've always been like that. Right. Um, so I trying to understand <laughs> for me, I was like, what am I doing wrong um, to not see or be like that? But um, is to, um, be able to disconnect from or, or just sit, take apart and see the trauma as like, you know, some, some story I'm not drawn into or attached to just finding ways to just see it for what it is, not who I am. So there's a couple things with that to make you feel less crazy. So there's alchemy and there's alchemists. And so last week when I was teaching you about like alchemy and told you about that book, which is like high alchemy from ancient Egypt. And so there are people on this planet and there's not that many of them, maybe a million or thousands probably that came and incarnated on earth to do the work for many. And you may not even know that you're one of them. Right. And so there's, everyone is always going through that process. I explained to you last week which is the calcination phase, the distillation phase, coagulation, separation, and then to the higher elements of fermentation up into conjunction, just like a beautiful process, right? And this is the process of the elements working through us on all levels all the time. Ayurveda, it all is connected, right? 
there's a difference between everybody's always going through that process. So all your friends that you see around you, you know, one out of one, 99 out of a hundred are always going through alchemy. Their alchemy process is very light. So it's sort of like living in suburbia and living out their life. And so when things come up, it's manageable because they didn't choose an incarnation to come in to clear it. They're still in a, a small, like a different phase of their incarnational process, right? There are other souls that chose a different kind of an incarnation. They're, and they choose to have these intense experiences to clear for more people. And I would call them the alchemists. Mm. So alchemists tend to go deeply into the fire, deeply into the distillation phase, deeply into these things where it almost feels like um, absolute insanity. Mm. But you're clearing it not just for you, but for uh, many, many people and for the planet in general, right? So if so, so that may be true. There may be a tense tendency for you to go into the little girl that was always felt mentally ill and to create more mental illness around all that. But all these meditations, if you start to do them like I've teach taught you, I promise you it will get better. Mm. But just to make you feel not crazy, there is this thing called alchemy, which you when you read that book and you'll see yourself as the alchemist. And alchemists tend to where other people you know, aren't living in the land of what Hogwarts, what's it called? Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Right. They don't know Hogwarts exists. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, you don't know Hogwarts exists. So you don't know that there's an actual war happening on another realm right now. And that's your deal. That's fine. But you are not here to convince anybody of your point of view. No, you're here to do your job and work through the alchemist thing that you signed up for as the alchemist, mm. which is you churn energy, you move through things faster, you find people that'll help you, you see the generational patterns play out, you can see mommy and daddy shit, you can see mommy and daddy shit within you. The even the idea that, that you have the ability to see those patterns, 99% do not. They don't, um, they don't even see it. So even the seeing of it is a gift of the awakening. So I'm giving you an, a different viewpoint so that everyone's made you feel crazy, but I'm going to say something. They're crazy. They don't know what's going on. They're mm-hmm. living in a complete controlled reality, controlled by their parents, mm-hmm. controlled by society, controlled by the government, controlled by these things. And the breaking out from all of that mm-hmm. is painful. Yeah. It's horrid. Mm. The, the the waking up is not light and love. It's it's an awful, destructive, self-sabotaging, looking at your monsters, taking out the entities and saying it ends with me. Mm. So, yeah, and that is a lot of what I have said since I was a kid, actually. I'm looking at my family looking around. I made a decision back then that I didn't want to be like them. I didn't want to carry any of what anyone did around me on. I wanted to break the chain. Um, and and you chose to do that. You incarnated into the family to do it. And that's why you came to me and you've randomly found me. And here we are. And I'm, I'm, I'm mirroring to you. You're not crazy. Okay, and yeah. so you are not crazy. So the one sabotager that you need to take out of yourself right now is I'm crazy. I don't deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? You've got to take that out. That's what daddy told you. Mm. And so everything is like what we're back to the beginning. Everything is going to try to get us to stop our mission. 
Right. Everything's going to get us off point. Like this week I was super triggered by this man. I, you know, I wanted to crawl into a ball. I was so triggered. And I was like, I have to write my third book. Mm. Why am I wasting a day? Every hour wasted is off destiny. Mm. Every hour I do not put effort into helping and like get this information out there is a wasted point of my life. I'm choosing that other path. I'm choosing death in myself right there, sickness by lying in bed mm. or, you know, craziness. I'm choosing all those three things. So we have to just, that's the, that's the biggest thing I could tell you today. Mm. What are you going to choose? Mm. So, so the, the deal is when you see the sabotager come up, you find the original wound and this is the opening of the heart. You locate it in space and time. Okay. You say, who is talking right now? What age am I? So you'll, you'll say, you'll hear, oh, this is whatever. It doesn't have to be a specific age. This is the little girl that uh, wanted for me. I'm bringing back my example. The little girl that wanted to heal daddy's mental illness, which was my whole life. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's certain ages and memories I could probably see and you can, we can go through for you to do it. Super powerful. So then you take a cauldron, put it in front of you because we're going to use alchemy because alchemy, instead of alchemy using us, we're going to use it. Mm-hmm. And you use the fire element. You can burn it like a purple flame or a red flame. And you just literally take the memory that's coming. And this is all in my book, Fertile, how to do this. And was them they gave, um, gave me a full meditation using water, using fire, then water, then air, then earth to heal it. And other people have used this too. There's a woman I worked with named Elizabeth um, that I'll put in the notes. She's very powerful. And I will put her as a healer in the notes that I worked with Elizabeth Burke. She's located in California and she taught me how to do this first using fire. Um, So just take the memory, take it out, burn it, and then use water over it, have air come in and like melt it away. And then you'll be left with some salt, which you can either put back in your body. Mm -hmm. But then you have to have a conversation with the little girl that's trying, because not only is the outside force trying to sabotage you, but you're allowing it. Your little girl is allowing you to get sabotaged, right? Yeah. So when that happens, you have to say to the little girl, you no longer have the obligation to do one, two, three. Mm. Any contracts you have with daddy or anybody else coming into your life that need to fulfill that for you, there's no contracts with them because you have to remember this is all hologram. Mm. So anybody coming in to create that feeling within you, it's not their fault. Mm you're creating it within you because of your sabotager. Mm-hmm. Your only person who's creating the drama and trauma is you. Cause you can choose every single time to not do it. So if you, so then, the, so first off you find the wound, you find the age, you have a little talk with the little girl mm-hmm. and you, you find out you, cause you've got to locate the pattern, right? Yeah. You have a little talk with the little girl and then there'll be a contract with mom or dad or with the person that's in your life that's teaching you that lesson. So only giving myself as an example. So the man who comes in, who's asking for healing, that's older than me, represents daddy needing healing his mental illness. So I get really triggered, though the man is not my father. Mm -hmm. I get triggered like a little girl. And I get mad at him, which isn't fair to him or me. 
Mm. It's just my dad I'm mad at. So I have to hold the little girl at night and and, and calm the little girl down. Mm. And literally, you may have to take a pillow to do this. And you say to the little girl, you know, any obligation you have to healing daddy is over. This contract is broken. And you can see the contract burning in in the flame and using the elements to release it. And you'll see the entire thing in real life change before your eyes every single time. Because you're basically telling your consciousness that the adult is in charge. So you have to tell your consciousness. It's like you can even say it out loud. Your consciousness needs to hear that there's an adult in charge of your life. I actually have that on my fridge now. Um, I have it in big writing. And it actually says... um, you wouldn't let a child drive your car. Why would you let a child drive your life? Like, and, and all the, the, and just recognizing what stage I would be in, what stage of trauma for the child if I'm react, if I choose to react in a certain way, just so I can start to remember that I'm like choosing it from path. Like if I'm um, being, um, I don't know, um, uh, more, you know, it has to be my way or stuff. Just trying to figure out if there is a tantrum situation going on. But that's on my fridge door. Right. And then it's going to be so easy for all of us to stay in that tantrum tantrum phase. Hmm. You know, and then if you stay in that tantrum phase, the other person you're working with is going to, because you're meet, you're both meeting at the level of the drama. You're both basically yeah. like six-year-olds, you know, and it's like, okay, I'm going to actually grow up now and... And the other, I, I said it out loud to myself the other night. I haven't done this forever, but, but the pressure right now is on. Mm. And I was like, oh, got to grow up or I'm going to lay in bed for three days, you know? And I, I had to say out loud to my little girl, you don't have to heal daddy anymore. Daddy's dead. <laughs> and then it was like all of a sudden, I just was like, oh yeah. Like the little girl was like, oh, okay. And because it lives like an entity. So I've also, I talk about entity all the time in podcasts. And I talk about the healing of entities in lines and the healing of entities within people. Sabotagers are the same. They're, they're different personalities. And you can actually have a conversation with this person's sabotager and not them. Mm. So, you, so list out, let's just give me five of your favorite sabotagers. Um, uh... Um, uh, like um, overworking, like working, or, or like uh, trying to get ideas or something. I guess pretend like you're pretending like you're getting stuff done, like like needing to be busy to feel accomplished. Oh no, definitely not that. Um, I'm actually like they're like actually overworking. Actually overworking. Okay, right. Yeah, no, like just like can't like can't stop. Like the pressure's on now. I, I'm my addiction is um a fear of missing something and lo- like losing it. It's just, I can't stop trying to find ideas and new ways and testing. And I'm constantly coming up with, I would have a bonfire out there of shit ideas coming up through COVID just in case, because I don't want to miss anything. So I don't know what you would call that. I, I just, I go and get so much information. It makes me insane. I'm on every webinar, seminar, I'm listening to everything. I'm talking to everything from lawyers to doctors to everything, trying to make sure that I'm, you know, not going to fuck it up, I guess. Um, okay, number one, there's no space for you. Yes. Number two, what's next? The the, the suicidal part of you, right? Um, yeah, that come doesn't come that often. And when it does, it's, it's 
sort of harrowing. Um, I know I'm not going to do anything. Uh, it's just, it's so, um, I don't even, I guess there's worthlessness. It's this, 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 it's like a death of internally. It's just a, a nothingness. Like the underworld, going to the underworld and breaking yeah, down. Yeah. That's right? Yeah. Okay. And with the first one, it's like the only person you're really sabotaging is you. Yes. And, you know, and, and, and it's like, you'll, you'll, you'll sacrifice your, I get I'm, what I'm hearing with the first one is like, you'll sacrifice yourself for everybody else. Yes, and there's got to be some life. sort of a past life with you, um, like being a general or you being a leader needing to like die first to be on the last on the battlefield. That's a big part of that. Oh, that's literally how I feel. Like I'm in a modern world, but I feel like that it's, it's really weird because I'm like, I make a fucking water bottle. Um, but I feel driven by something else that's like feels, uh, yeah, I would put myself on the line. And I had to stop myself. I used to say a lot, you know, oh, well, you know, die trying. And I just don't say that anymore because that's just a shitty thing. <laughs> right. And you have to, with the first one, you have to know the difference between the realm of the hungry ghosts and then the realm of... I might go grab something to read to you that was super potent for me recently. The realm of the hungry ghosts or if you're actually being pushed by God. Mm. And so my sister would always say like, you know, when I was getting all these degrees and always, um, you know, pushing myself to go to the next level and never, nothing was ever enough and nothing was ever enough. Just like you're in the realm of hungry ghosts. And I really couldn't tell if I was being pushed by God to go on my mission and to, to deliver what I came here to deliver at a high, you know, at a higher speed, because other people don't understand the speed I was moving at. If I was sabotaging, just another, ref- I'm always trying to give you, a, I'll always give people a different reflection because we're too hard on ourselves. And, and so the other reflection of that is that you may be being pushed by God to clear yourself or deliver something. And so you think it's bad, but in reality, like uh, no one else gets it because they don't have that level of drive, Right. So there could be, because there is the drive of like always wanting to create because you're running God through you. Mm. God is always creating. Does that make sense? So there's that side of it. Or if it's the realm of hungry ghosts and the realm of hungry ghosts is I'm never satisfied in a production. And there's also another concept of looking at that is, which is my book fertile, which is the understanding of how we move through the elements. And so fire is always going to, like I was talking about last week, I'm going to break it down for you easier. But sometimes if we don't have the balance of the elements in there, and as I saw through my own life, I never had been in the earth element. And the earth element, so as you go through the fire, have you ever been in the earth element? I don't really think so. So that would be where you would be going next. And I feel like you're in distillation right now, which is more of the water element and it's the emotional balancing. But as you go through the alchemical process and you read that book I told you about last week, um, the Elmer Talbot, but you'll find the fire is what brings up the, all the ego and the materialism that needs to be separated and destroyed, right? Then the water will distill it. So it'll look at the emotional, what's left over from the emotional wreckage. Then the air element will come in and lift away things quick. So air element moves you. It makes you move out of things quickly. It, it really changes the consciousness, right? And then you go into the earth element and you, and you ground. And from my own point of view of being in the earth element, I stopped moving around. I've lived in one apartment for two years. Mm. I didn't travel. I stopped traveling. I just enjoyed New York. Um, I just went to work like a normal human, like 
you know, like this is a part of my job right now, like going to work, coming back, doing these things, like learning how to be ordinary, learning how to be on the earth plane, learning how I don't need super crazy spiritual experiences to make me high or low, Mm. learning what it is to date an ordinary man Mm. that doesn't drive me crazy. Like even my ex-husband, he, we did not have an ordinary life financially, uh, travel wise, house wise. Our life was wild. Mm. Nothing about it was ordinary, you know? And I, and I didn't know how to choose an ordinary man. And so like, I had to teach myself what is earth Mm. on a spiritual level, rather than living in such a galactic world where spaceships and all these different things are like my normal talk. Right? So that's the earth element. And then you can go into the ether element, which is like, you know, talking with the angels, talking, having these experiences where you're floating out of your body and you're going up to heaven and you, you can have the galactic speak to you. And that's all normal too, because that's all the fifth dimension of the heart opening, right? Mm -hmm. All of this will be one world in the next 30 years. But You have to just know the element you're in and honor that element. I think actually reading fertile, even if you're not going to have a baby, is going to help you really understand this. And that book on alchemy, you'll be like, oh my God, I didn't know I was in these elements. And you'll have a perspective that you're not crazy. Mm. So you're honoring the elements you're in and seeing where the sabotager is from the age you're at. Mm -hmm. Super powerful things. Um, Yeah, Um, definitely the nose. For me. Yeah, I completely just, I just don't even exist for anything when there's someone else in, uh, not someone else, but lots of things in me and I guess I set it up that way. Um, I've never really been great at putting myself uh, first, but I've, I've usually taken a bit of a bipolar stance on it. Like I'll give, 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 depleted and then do amazing to build back up and stay and will typically sabotage myself when I'm doing really well, more so than when I'm not doing well, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. So um, tell me what those sabotagers are when you're doing really well. Um, sabotages when I'm doing well. I'll, um, I'll if I, especially if I'm looking and feeling well and fit and healthy, I'll throw in things that throw me off, like I'll um, probably start binging or um, turn off my uh, just not go once here and there and then it turns into all of a sudden three months I haven't haven't gone or haven't been consistent, Um, very all or nothing with some of it. Um, uh, I did really well out of my brain injury because I had to go because I didn't even know what I was doing. So I had to learn it from others. Mm -hmm. And then once I started to get it um, myself a little bit, um, I took it on myself and then it dropped off because I got too busy. Um, and, um, I do little things, I incidental things, but I know that I, oh, I'm talking in circles cause I actually really, I can't, um, cause it's sometimes the sabotage is super subtle. And so, okay. So this is the goal with that for you. Okay. Popcorn and tobacco. Even, yeah. So even everybody, we all have sabotagers. Okay. Right. Even for us to catch it is, is a beautiful thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like even the even if we're about to catch it and we don't catch it and we think about catching it, the next time we're going to get closer. And this is the same thing with Eckhart Tolle is talking about, like catch the thought or catch the thing. These are really advanced shit. Okay. I mean, what I'm saying to you is not like this is. It's like that's like saying um, to somebody like stop smoking. It's it's so hard. 
Mm. Stop, you know, stop drinking alcohol when you're an alcoholic. No, we are addicted to mm. our sabotagers. We are, it's the only thing we know. They are imprinted in us, like from the beginning of this, like the, like the template, I, you know, daddy created a template. Mommy created a template, womb and onward. How do we, and then as a little girl, we are responding to that in our environment. And so we are constantly going back into that vibration or frequency that we were programmed with as a child. So any vibration or frequency, as the earth is going up in vibration or frequency, we start to go up in vibration or frequency. All the little wounds within us, the heart wounds, without being healed, will want to go back to our original vibration or frequency of the other parents. We are programmed with their frequency. So the people that came into the families that are listening to this Mystical Motherhood podcast and onwards are changing frequency. When they, When I was asked to write this book or start this program, they said, name it new frequency. I was like that. Nobody's going to know what I'm talking about because we chose to come in and create a new frequency. And it's very hard to, when you're programmed with this old crap. And so if you, so my sabotager was, I would do so much meditation and yoga and Kundalini. I would do like three days of white Tantra. I'd be on my highest vibration. I'd go drink wine every fucking time. I'm like, ah, and then I was like, oh, this wine tastes so good. Why is wine taste good? I was sabotaging my frequency with a subtle glass of wine Mm. that's not taking six shots of vodka. So I thought I was doing better, right? (laughs) And And I was like, I feel the best I've ever felt. Let's go and drink some wine to celebrate every time, every time. I don't think it's over with. I think I still do it, right? Not the same. Mm. And so- yeah, you're right. First, first, it's it's first the sabotagers will come a little bit better. Then you'll start to catch them a little bit faster. Then maybe you'll pick a better poison. Hmm. But it's all a process, and it doesn't happen overnight. And it's all just the moment in time where, you know, for example, this relationship with this guy. I saw this playing out till July or August, and I said, okay, so the little girl in me can play out um, victim, daddy, tell July or August, or just tell the guy, fuck it, no. Grow a little girl up. So what I would have done, what I would have sabotaged for, let's say, six months, I did for a couple of days. Mm. My sabotagers are not gone. They're faster. Yeah. I catch them faster. I don't go into the vibration as easily. It's a little harder to get me off track now. Mm. I'm not so addicted to my own misery. Right. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's what I want. getting there. Mm-hmm. I can see it right now from the difference between last week and this week is massive. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. Right. Huge. Yeah. Uh, when did it, Sunday, I started to turn a corner on Tuesday. And th- it's not that things got better. I, I definitely got better and was doing those things, everything. Um, and then yesterday I noticed I had a fleeting moment of um, just, I know that I can't get words to it, but it's that moment where, you know, enough it is enough and, um, and I have done enough. I've got us into uh, enough of a holding pattern that we should survive this, which is fucking huge. No, never really do I sit here and go, I, I did this. And it's a team effort. I have a team and they've done an amazing job. I fucking did this like a orchestra of like no one that's ever played an instrument before. 
And um, we're only you get to work to do that. Give yourself some credit. Right. Yes. Another thing you do as a sabotager, as an outside viewer, is you don't. One thing about the opening of the heart, it's the giving and the receiving love. Mm. And so this is massive. So as all of our hearts are opening on the planet, we need to learn how much we give and how much we receive and how we sabotage on both ends of that. Mm. And so one thing for you is like you get, you're very critical of yourself because daddy was always critical of you. And so you don't know how to self-love in that way. So I don't, I think you actually enjoy working. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You get a lot from it. I think mm-hmm. as long as you're healthy, it's fine. As long as you have other things going on in your life. And yeah. I think that you should find a way not, maybe the sabotager is actually looking at the work as something negative when you are getting something out of it. So I'm giving you a, a different point of view. Yeah, yeah. The sabotager might be your criticalness of everything you're doing, despite that you just did something successful. Yeah. And something rare that something one out of 90, you know, one out of a hundred doesn't do or only one out of a hundred completes. Right. Mm -hmm. So the sabotager might not be the overwork. The sabotager might be the criticism of the good job you do for yourself. The criticism of the amount of work you've actually completed and the inability to receive the praise and receive the joy from what you create. Mm. And we do that in relationships. Like let's say a, a man we doesn't do enough for us. So then he does something. We and let's he does something, but it might not be the perfect way, right? Because our hearts aren't open to receiving it, mm. we say it's not enough. He still didn't do enough. No, it's on us. We didn't receive what he was capable of giving to us in that time. Right. And mm. hmm. does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm definitely at the point where I'm angry because there's nothing left for me. Uh, for me personally, internally, and also in the business, it's I've propped everyone else, else up and everyone's doing great. Not one person's time's kind of gone, are you okay? Knowing I'm not, um, but I'm putting on the brave face of being okay. I know that's not their job and I'm trying to find a place to be okay that I'm sort of flattened so they can survive and I don't I'm not I'm not trying to put it negatively I'm trying to figure out how I can deal with that let me flip the flip that on you too let me give you the other viewpoint okay without understanding or understanding you know how this would all happen I'm now working with you an extra session so right there you're receiving does that make sense so you got that infrared sauna the first thing we talked about today right Mm -hmm. there you're receiving yeah. And so what you need to say to the universe, which I've been doing, mm-hmm. and you know, what's so interesting is I said within this last week, I said, I'm ready to receive, I'm ready to receive love. I'm ready to receive love. In one day I was booked on a massive podcast. I received messages from women all over the world, thanking them for my, my work. And then I received your gift in the mail. Mm. And I just said, how beautiful is that? I asked to receive and I manifested a Cuisinart. A what? A Cuisinart, like a cooking Cuisinart, because I didn't want to buy one, and my neighbor oh. gave me the Cuisinart. And I, I, I said, I was so mad about this man, right? And I was just focused on the negative and what he wasn't yeah. giving me and how he wasn't giving me love. And then, oh, my God, the universe laughed in my face. I almost laughed when the Cuisinart arrived at my, at my door right. because it's the way that we don't see that we are receiving or we don't allow the receiving to come. Mm. Okay. 
Does that make sense? No, that's true, yeah. The things started to, um, it was like two weeks ago that I, uh, Apple decided to give me a credit card. So I was like, oh, fuck it. Um, Thank you. And um, I'd never get approved for anything over here. And I was like, at this time, all right, I'll take it. And I used that to like get the sauna, but that was like two weeks ago. And then, uh, yeah, it arrived on um, Monday, I think. And it was a um, bit of a drum, but it took me a couple of days of obsessing before I chose me at that point, knowing that that in the past it works for me, that's what I want, that's what I need. And um, I finally just sort of went, you know, fuck it. And I think that um, started me choosing it. It's the first time I've spent money on me in the last, like, however many years and just not felt guilty going on. Okay. I, I, and this is, this is okay. So one of your sabotagers so that you, so when you do see a part of yourself and you do do something good for yourself, you need to tell that little girl how much she's doing. You know what I'm saying? It's just, even if she's doing bad and she's doing good, you have to do the work on both ends. Okay. So it, it always, it, so you also, your, your to go sabotagers, the critical or always, you know, nothing's better, good enough. Nothing's this. It's like, we have to look back and be like, Whoa, I've done so many cool things in my life. Mm. and like take a moment of all the times that you've actually manifested or created or been successful and and look at those as much and as much even looking back at relationships that you thought were negative that taught you so now I look at my marriage and I'm like oh god with them I was talking about for a year in this podcast about my marriage you know that not full just so mad and yeah, and now I'm like, oh, he, now I'm just so in love with him. Like, he's such a great dad. <laughs> I'm like, God, he's so great. I mean, he can't do anything wrong anymore. Mm-hmm. I have so much compassion for him. I'm like, we're best friends. I don't know if he thinks we're best friends. I don't think he does. I don't, I don't think he thinks I'm great. Because yeah. I've created the reality that that's how it is. That's how it is. Yeah. No, I've done that. <laughs> he doesn't, it doesn't matter what he's thinking. Right. I was like, my reality is that we're... <laughs> great relationship you know? <laughs> and I the, do the same thing yeah so we have to choose like oh let's flip this mm. like I'm flipping it on you yeah I'm basically taking everything you're putting at me and giving you another side of it mm. because there's always a polarity and, that, and that's what I wanted to acknowledge too just quickly is that I thought I only paid for three so um I did, how many is a podcast so that's why Okay, cool. Um, and then um, I wanted to say how much I appreciate this more than anything, not just your level and how I got to you and what you, but I don't get to, and I could get emotional saying this, I don't get to have conversations like this with anyone in my world at all. I don't, and I don't need to have them every day, but just to feel that I'm on the right path or that I'm not crazy into like just to, I guess, um, reset myself I have you know healers and people I know and people I go to yoga with and people I do that with but it doesn't get to this point and what you have been saying to me like just brings me up in a way that sustains me like you know for for a bit and it has helped so much I um yeah thank you thank you you'll give it back and that's what we're all going to do. And everyone I ever work with, there isn't a woman or a male that doesn't come back and say, you know, in the moment I can be really critical and I can be, you know, Yogi Bhajan always says, you know, poke, provoke and elevate. Yeah. So notice how, when we work together, when you start to work with women, which you can, because there's sexual abuse, I could see if you go and fully heal that you could help a lot of people. Yeah. So you poke, you poke them where it hurts. 
you provoke the memory and the, and the thing that needs to be lifted, and then you elevate them up. Because without the poke and provoke, they don't, they're, it's hard to move people. And so notice how we worked through our sessions and I, I worked with you on poking and provoking those memories mm. and being very serious that you needed to change them and that, you know, playing for the rest of your life and not getting to work of the meditations isn't going to work. And then the elevation is that you're not crazy. There is mm. a different viewpoint. And so if you can teach other women that and mm. you can teach, because we are as a society, patriarchy is going to make us feel that our intuition is off, that are, you know, going into the clouds and leaving our bodies off and that hearing voices is off and clairvoyance is off. No, these are all God-given oracle gifts hmm. that all of humanity and the women, uh, there's going to be a, a group of women, thousands of us, then millions and millions more and the children coming in that this will be a natural and innate thing. Hmm. And so when you're one out of a hundred, you're the crazy one until you're not. Yeah. And so just remember when you and the little sabotage, the little girl in you says, I'm crazy, I'm crazy, I want to get off this planet. It's just a programming. It's all a template that needs to be burned out. It's not real. Yeah. I no, I with you. Just where it's like uh, when you hit a break, something that's kind of what pulls me back is that if I had stopped this now me, who and what has, to, like I've come this far in 43, this has been going on for so fucking long, like, keep going. So, right. um, yeah. so I encourage you to do as much as if you can get that Jupiter chakra up to 33 minutes and continue that it's, it's oh, so keep that at 33. The, the, that no, one. do what you want to do it for now. But if, when I was when just so what a teacher told me changed my life, I walked up to him and I was really crazy then. Um, and, and I, I said, I need you to give me a meditation. He goes, what are you doing right now? I said, I'm doing 11 minutes of this and 11. I was doing prosperity. I wanted to be rich. 11 minutes of this, 11 minutes of this, 11 minutes. Of this. He's like, you're an idiot. He's like, he's like, you think you're going to be rich. He's like, you can't get rich with prosperity meditations. You got to get this, the subconscious junk out. Then you can be rich. I was like, okay, what? And he goes, pick one, do it a long time. So then I did the Jupiter chakra for a long time. He goes, pick one, go deeply into that. Because that's the thing with a lot of these spiritual practices is people jump from practice to practice to practice thinking. I was just finding it hard to decide, like the karmic clearing and the addiction and those three, I was like, fuck, do I, I need to do them? All? Well, the karmic clearing you only do for 40 days. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. And then, so that one's a 40 day one. So the karmic clearing one is just a 40 day one as much as you can do. Right. But in the end, if I'm going to say to you and you don't, I don't talk to you for years later. I mean, we'll talk again, but you know, like in t a year from now and you, you get off track because everybody comes back to me and I said, well, did you do what I told you to do? Hmm. And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, we have the same issue. Right. And they're like, okay, I'm ready to do it now. And then they do it. And then they see all the changes happening and they could have been done a year ago. Yeah. Every time, every time I'm just, and I just love them. And I, and then they do it. But I'm just telling you, in a year from now, if you're like kind of, if, if you stop doing it, because everything's going to stop you from doing this meditation, because it's mm -hmm. so, it works. You'll, be, mm -hmm. you'll, be, you'll have more money than you've ever had. You'll be super successful because everything's going to stop you from being your highest destiny. Yeah. Remember the sabotagers, right? Our, we're our own sabotagers. So that meditation is very hard to do. There's a passing rate for it, like an entry fee. And mm -hmm. so in a year from now, if you stop doing it for some reason, go back to it. Mm. It's all this week for a couple of days. And yeah. I, 
I kind of felt that and then I just went back again this morning. Yeah, like, even if you just, it's better to do it every day and, you, and anything's going to come up, sickness, being tired, um, getting, and then say, and having issues with, it's all a, a mind game of why it's the meditation and not just you. Right. And I'm not saying if there's another way that's better, then do that. I don't know. I just no, don't. no, no. I, just, I know when I'm avoiding something that I need it. It just yeah. And it, it might, you know, for Kundalini, I started Kundalini Yoga. It took me four years to start it. I avoided it for four active years, for maybe longer. I would walk in the studio, walk around all the time. I was like, no. And then I'd get drunk, and then I would party. You know, like wasn't ready. Yeah, I wasn't ready. I have a friend right now. A best friend. She wasn't ready. I, I have given her meditations to do for years. Now she did her first class. She's obsessed. She has Yogi Bhajan coming to her in dreams. She's been like fully initiated into the lineage. And she's acting like, yeah, yeah, I, I always knew this. And I was like, I've been trying to get you to do this for two years. You cannot make anybody do anything. I can right. give it to you. I can't at all. That would be yeah. crazy. So I'm just giving it to you. And I'm saying, if you stop doing it, that's fine. Yeah. But in a year from now, if you forget what you're supposed to do, remember these words mm. and restart it. So just with the 33, if, if, if I do something, is it 5, 10, 11? 5, 10 fine. Okay. It's so better. I need the 33, but whatever I can do if I'm having like. Yes. Not, okay. If you can even do four minutes of it. Okay. I am always going to push people to do the most they can do to move things through the fastest because that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. And I'm way hardcore. Most people are not like me. No, I'm like you. I just know that also if I don't do the 33, I won't do anything. So no, it's no, still no, no, no. Okay. I didn't always do the 33. There was moments where I, it's long as you get it done. Something, okay. As long as you're like, even if it's a minute, you're still telling your subconscious, I'm winning. And so I've done it sometimes just when I'm making my cup of tea. Is that yeah, okay? I or you have to do it while listening to podcasts. Okay. All right. Cool. Like some days I didn't want to do it. I would be like listening, whatever, whatever I thought I needed to get done that was more important. I would do it while doing it. So I was like, as a woman getting multiple things done. Yes. Yes. Okay. No, that, I just wanted to check. You didn't have to be in the one's place like that. I can still just, as long as I'm getting it in there. Okay. And then anyone who's listening, we're talking about the Jupiter chakra meditation and it's on my website at www.mysticalmotherhood.com under meditations for childhood trauma and attachment. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, text me. Have a good day. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Bye. -bye. Bye.